What are the lessons of Maklakov's life when looked at through the prism of others seeking liberal reforms in autocratic or otherwise lawless nations? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the lesson I take away from this is that uh, it's extremely tough. Um, a, a regime may want to, uh, to bind its bureaucracy in laws, and that would be a great step forward. And, and many, that's another area of, of Maklakov's efforts to try to get uh, essentially uh, rights to recovery in court of people who are victimized by regime officials acting unlawfully. And he makes a little progress on that. Um, but there's deep resistance to anything going very far, particularly deep resistance to anything that will uh, confine the people at the very top of the system. Uh, as, as I look around the world, um, I, you know, you look at uh, the Arab Spring and you look at Russia and Ukraine and the, actually the, the czarist regime looks comparatively hopeful. I mean, they do accept the constitution and it, it, it has holes in it. There's no doubt about that. But they do really seem to, uh, for the most part, try to uh, adhere to it. it. It seems to me you don't see anything like that uh, in the, the regimes that trouble us around the world. And, and there seems to be nothing to really uh, bring them uh, towards the rule of law. So in, in a way, Maklakoff... <laughs> find it odd to say this, had it easy. Um, but even so, he was unable to make much progress. I think, I think the, the fundamental thing, and, and this goes to the question of why the, the liberal revolution in February was brought to an end by the Bolshevik revolution in October, uh, basically the, the civil foundation of the rule of law didn't much exist. Um, the, the courts were not very broadly respected as a source of law, and there was a good reason for that because the regime did try to bend their decisions in cases where the regime uh, was concerned. Um, and uh, essentially, uh, in terms of enterprise, that was very uh, significantly hampered. All other countries by this time, all other developed countries at this time, enabled people to form a corporation just by filing a few papers. In Russia, it required uh, getting special permission uh, from the regime, and that was obviously an opportunity for crony capitalism. Um, and the, the let's just take enterprise, the uh, businesses in Russia were, uh, had surprisingly few Russians in them. They had Russians, or at least they had Russians of German ancestry and Russians of Jewish ancestry in them. Uh, so that, in other words, somehow or other, 
those two sets of people had more of the entrepreneurial skills, which I think would have been likely to develop civil society in terms of bringing uh, people together to to solve social problems um, than than the actual Russian Russians. Um, I should say on this that and you're asking where Maklakov got some of his basic viewpoints. At some fairly early stage, uh, he helped finance translations of Tocqueville from French into uh, Russian. And I think that, that surely, uh, it may be that he liked Tocqueville because Tocqueville was saying things that he uh, had already come to think. Uh, and, and it may be that, that Tocqueville persuaded him on some matters. But in any event, by some fairly early stage, he had come to take a fairly Tocquevillian view of social and political life. And essentially, as as you see in Tocqueville's Democracy in America, uh, that view puts great stress on the ability of small groups of people to act together and to solve problems. And the regime essentially did very little to allow that to happen, and, and just, a lot to prevent it. 